Greetings and salutations, gamers. Welcome to Cast Co-op, the podcast in which three podcast hosts cast together. I am one of your hosts, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost and host of the Xbox Expansion Pass, joined by my big brother and yours, Mr. Ainsley Bowden, host of the BitCast. Guys, he's got a lot to unpack. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I just want to say that it's good to be back. I love you guys, and I'm here to talk about Breath of the Wild being the most overrated game of all time. Let's do oh, it. God, are we doing this again? I feel like we've already really done this. So. I really I feel we, like we've already done this. I figured we knock it out at the start. It's a quick topic. Haven't know? we already had this conversation though? I feel like we I have. I just I feel like it needs to be talked about more. For every Fair. time you mention Breath of the Wild, Zack Snyder's coming up. Okay. <laughs> you make your I'm own never gonna catch up. I'm never going to catch up with you on that count. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. What's my shtick? Yeah. Keep casting that go up. I guess so. You're right. Joined also by Mr. Badbit, a.k.a. Joseph Moran, host of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. Hello, sir. How are you? Hi. I was uh, I was just listening to you on the trophy room. I caught about the first five minutes of it. Really disappointed. Yeah. Really disappointed. Fair enough. Not fair a good, enough. Not a good program there. I I really thought it was a weak show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they opened five yeah. minutes. It does not mean honestly. Honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's a slow news week. Am I wrong in saying that? I feel like the world allowed uh allowed you know in the gaming space. We we got our February, which was just a marathon of big things to talk about. Uh, and you know, culminating in Elden Ring, and March is going to start quiet. It feels like this first week's going to be quiet while the world's on hold for what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine. Uh, and uh, I feel Grand like the gaming Turismo industry launches tomorrow. So, so sit tight with me tomorrow? on that because I'm, I'm getting there. But I feel like the gaming industry seems to be holding info in light of and letting uh, Ukrainian business like be what's acknowledged in the gaming front, like what what EA is doing and what Ukrainian developers are doing. Am I wrong in thinking that, or is it just a slow news week because it's a slow news week? No, it's definitely because of that. Okay. Yeah. Ains, what do you think? Yeah, I, it's a slow news week. I hadn't really stopped to think about why, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm sure that contributes to it to some degree. But yeah, I mean, I've been, obviously we're going to talk about it, but I've been addicted to this game called Elden Ring. And oh, uh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm like going through <clears throat> news updates for the site, obviously, and there's just nothing. There's yeah. literally nothing. Uh, and it's like I, I could make some shit up, but that's not going to do us any good. So, right. you just be like every other YouTuber at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can take a comicbook.com link and you, you know just reference it ten times. You make a two-hour show about that, dude. Xbox hits back. There you Xbox go. Reaches- Xbox shows the critics wrong. <laughs> yeah, prove this man. Xbox we goes saw war. We saw some titles, man. We yeah. saw some titles and some of those reaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, reaching. But that's that's old hat. We do have Gran Turismo, and I do want to bring that up at some point. I do want to also talk about the games industry's response uh, to Russia and Ukraine and how they're kind of handling uh, a world scenario on the level that, that this is going to be acting at. But first, I think you're right, Ains. It is time to talk about Elden Ring. We had the coolest moment. Live on Cast Co-op last last <laughs> we did, episode, I where Elden Ring codes came in and we lost it. That was one of the most fun reactions to watch uh, when Elden Ring came in, and what what a be cool beginning to a really fun journey that I think we've all taken part in. I I, I know my last count was thirty five hours into Elden Ring. Um, Joe, you're probably next in line. Do you know where you are? Uh, I think around there. I think around thirty five forty. 
Okay. And hmm. Ains, uh, remember that you are a monster who doesn't have to work. Go ahead. Uh, I've lost count. It is <laughs> literally it is my life. Um, Elden Ring. I, I'm living in the lands between. Um, no, I. I so you did you, you guys did you know plan how... that? Did you plan that phrase? I'm living in the lands between. It sounds just a little too perfect. No, I'm just that good. Um, <laughs> you no, planned I, three uh, weeks for that. <laughs> you guys know that uh, I go kind of nuts with my reviews, and this game is, as I told everyone a million times, is way bigger than people realize. And so I spent over 80 hours in the two weeks leading up to embargo on it on PC. And then it launched on Xbox and I have three different save files totaling another 70 hours, maybe. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm over 150 at this point and I am on vacation this week, which isn't helping because I literally go to bed at like 3 a.m. And I wake <laughs> up at like seven and I go right back to the game. That's all it means that it's not healthy. That's it why are you wearing blue light glasses? It looks like you're wearing blue light glasses. Uh, well, they they are blue light. I'm just getting old and my vision's going, but they're bifocals. Uh, Remember, he's old as shit. <laughs> right. uh, actually, I didn't need bifocals, so F you. Oh, uh, but anyway, I, I yeah, I could go on and on. I, I I was actually to the point of answering questions about the game via a thread on Twitter. And Mo came to me. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Write a guide and put it on the damn site. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess so. So I wrote a guide and the guide's blown up. I've got reached out to from nice. all over the place. Um, so I'm being looked at as like an Elden Ring expert at this point, which is kind of funny. I didn't think I'd, I'd be here a couple weeks later. Yeah. <clears throat> but, that's cool. That's that's cool, man. And well-deserved. Well-deserved. Yeah. Absolutely. I found if you put Elden Ring on a title of a show, uh, it'll become your highest rated show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I learned the last week. <laughs> it is all in the landscape. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's every discussion. The sell, the sales are like ridiculous. I, I need, I'm going to pull it up here in a sec, but like it's the conversation around Elden Ring is absolutely massive. I think it's sold or around as much as Call of Duty Vanguard, I believe. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it is the conversation at this point. It is a monstrous launch for a game uh, that, that was thought to be niche or, or the genre was thought to be very niche. And we kind of, I saw that kind of percolating on Twitter. Elden Ring is the biggest non FIFA or Call of Duty launch since Red Dead Redemption 2, according That's to nuts. UK digital charts. We don't have everything like that's not the data we have at the time of recording. We don't have everything, but, but UK digital charts. Uh, Elden Ring is massive. And uh, I would argue deservedly. So despite, I don't believe it's perfect, but the 10 out of 10s make a lot of sense to me. And I think I can agree. This is a masterpiece of a game. And I say that as a, as a newcomer wholeheartedly to the genre with a lot of issues with, with how it handles newcomers, um, the game's still an absolute masterpiece. I would. Think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, sorry, Joe, I was just going to, I was checking out the actual stats. So in UK digital charts, it's week one sales are bigger than cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's, I mean, that's nuts. Those are gigantic games. And think about the marketing of Elden Ring compared to that of like cyberpunk. Like yeah. cyberpunk's marketing was insane lead up. Well, Elden Ring also had some great marketing attached, but like it didn't have like 
these multiple, you know, press 20 minute deep dives, right? Like there was a 20 minute deep dive a few months before this game was supposed to come out. And that was pretty much it. And so, you know, to me, these numbers of it being the, the biggest game launch outside of FIFA call of duty since red dead uh, redemption two, that's nuts. And the thing that catches my eye as well is over in the UK, 84% of Xbox sales were digital of Elden ring which is another little mini conversation of itself. But like this thing's got legs and it's being talked about more than any other game. Currently, there was like a really cool info chart of like the, the, yeah. the social media around Elden Ring is like almost double that of like Halo. Yeah. It's nuts. And, it, and you have to think with as popular as it is right now and being streamed, you know, it's concurrent player base on Steam was six times that of the peak of Souls 3 which was mm-hmm. the prior uh, max for from software game. Um, you have to think that those sales have just, you know, there's probably, you know, hundreds of thousands or a couple million sales that are just from kind of the fear of missing out alone. Yeah. You know what I mean, just people wanting to get in on the game. I see so many new people getting into this game that have never played a from game before. It's amazing. Yeah. I think it's the right game to do that though. This is the right game to bring people into from it's their, uh, Ains, in your review, I believe you called it, it's Magnum Opus of FromSoft. Yep. Uh, I think it's a deserving description. But also, there's a lot of little things in there that allow it to be very welcoming to players who are outside of the genre, allowing people to feel success. And even if they played 20, 25 hours of it, they've got a really healthy, fun experience there uh, for them. They don't. Need, I don't think they would need to beat the game. Like I felt like if I put Elden Ring down now, I'd be wanting more. I wouldn't be satisfied, but like there is so much game that I have played at 35 hours. Uh, newcomers, I think would get their money's worth out of just the first area, the whiter orchard that you call the white it. orchard. Yeah. Uh, we, limb we're, call, limb we're calling them limb gravers now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for instance, uh, Luke, and this is not any slight at you, but looking at your map that you sent me of what you've done in the game, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is most of limb grave, a little bit of the lakes area um you're and this is not a joke you're probably at about 15 percent of the Mm -hmm. game maybe 20 tops Mm -hmm. uh it's just a it's a tremendously large game and i think i don't think a lot of people are going to beat the whole thing um Mm -hmm. one thing i can tell you is i'm on my fourth game that i've started and like i said 150 game hours plus um i'm still continually every night multiple times finding new things i've never found before and I'm just continually blown away at new stuff I discover in this game. I think, um, and I want to, as the guy who's new to these games and not the expert, I do want to continuously say, like, this game has problems onboarding for anyone that's on the fence. But if any of you are on the fence, but you really want to play it, there's a lot of elements of this game that let you go in. And if you hear Ain say that I've completed 15%, I can tell you that's been a very satisfying 15% of the game. And, like, whether I finish it or not, I've had so much fun with it. And so I would encourage anyone that's on the fence, but like in their heart of hearts wants to play it, do it. Pull up that IGN list of like 15 things you need to know. Uh, it's in gaming list. Thank you. Do you, did you guys make the same thing at the time? At the time that was not listed, <laughs> written. Which, yeah. We have oh. a beginner's guide. Uh, just said okay. kicking butt for the site. So check it out. Yeah, yeah, I used that one in, in, instead. Um, <laughs> it wasn't written when I needed it. Uh, but can I tell you, real talk, 
I hated Elden Ring during the pre like before the embargo lifted because I was like banging my head against a wall because I didn't have time to play when like you and Miles were playing and I didn't have the energy to play when it was like I had like a window there. And so I had no help when I was playing. I didn't understand a bunch of little mechanics in it. And the moment the embargo lifted and those those season gaming guides <clears throat> became available, <laughs> my experience quadrupled in fun. And it's just been such a joyous experience. And Ains, you and I shared a message back and forth when I showed you my map. I'm like, God, yeah. dude, I'm banging my head against a wall yeah. in this new area. You're like, oh, go here. You need to do this area just to, to continue something. Infinitely more fun. Than where I was, and that yeah. is one of the small beefs I have is that, like I wandered into this area, thought I was on the right track. I'm not on the right track. You know, <laughs> I, think... I beat. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're fine. Go ahead. Finish the point. Well, I I've beaten tons of what I would consider bosses. I think I think it seems a little odd if if it's a named <laughs> character and it's got a health meter that, that tracks and it gets a cinematic. I think those are bosses. Whether yeah. it's a great yep. enemy, a you know, regular one. If you fell something felled something it's a, a great felt yeah it, it, sure and i've i've felled so many things like to me i've defeated tons of bosses and i'm having a blast with it you have you have they're just not the um you know they're not the demigods or the story uh story bosses really um but i want to comment on one thing you said about uh you have 35 hours that you did the the main opening area limb grave and got to the lakes and stuff and you could feel content with that and i i wonder i want to get your viewpoint on this too joe because you've played mm. all these games as well is i wonder if that's because a normal game where you play through the narrative right if you we we've talked about this many times if you did like 15 percent of it i'd be like how can you talk about the story of this game when you haven't experienced it but i think what's unique about from games is the storytelling is so different it's it's completely environmental uh you will miss a ton of story beats on your first time through. I'm still on my fourth time at the beginning of the game discovering new NPC interactions and dialogues and other things. And the play, it's up to the player to discover and kind of put the pieces together in these games. Um, this one, I think, arguably does it better than the other ones. Uh, it gives mm -hmm. you more as you go. But my point being is that you don't feel like you're missing some super narrative beats that the game's just handing to you like other games, even if you only play a little part of the game. Um, it's still satisfying to complete, uh, you know, sections like Luke was talking about. Mm. Just a thought. No, yeah. So I think, like, narrative-wise, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a stand till the day I die. Um, I think like Bloodborne is their best narrative and how it's told. Um, I think. There is, look, look, just, just not yes, just not yes. You're not far enough yet. That's the problem. Yeah, well, right. so it, uh, it, it counters what I just said, but right now, but it's wild. Gonna, Thirty-five hours, and he doesn't know enough about the game. To me, that's crazy. But it, that's but again, I'm right? Arguing. No, I know, but the the unique thing here, and sorry, Joe, finish your point. But the yeah, that's cool. Thing I just here, wanted to talk. <laughs> is that Soul Siri, Bloodborne, all their prior games, right? Were much more linear driven experiences because yep. this game is as big as it is far bigger this is like a witcher 3 red dead 2 size game um to get that full scope of the narrative you have to play many more hours and so until you uh, the only reason i'm saying that is the full scope of this narrative i think is their best yet but you're mm. gonna have to play a ton more to actually get it all than you would the other games yeah so for me i i, I love elden ring I, it's fantastic it's great 
I do prefer the story so far in, in Bloodborne a little bit more. Um, but what I will say about Elden Ring, and I think Luke is right, and I think we do give, and it to me, I'm like, we got to stop giving from so many benefits of the doubt when it comes to certain things. Um, and there's actually a really awesome video Alana Pierce did about this as well of like, why do we give like from software kind of a pass when it comes to certain things, like when it comes to onboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I do think to me as the, like the, the, the from software, not like mega fan. I, I love them. I think they're my, they're, they are my favorite uh, developer, but Elden Ring is to me the worst at onboarding. Um, I, I don't see a lot of people beating, you know, Margaret the fell or whatever, um, I, I, I see a lot of people getting lost and when you need, you know, the guide to just get started, not to say your guide Ains, cause your guide is perfect, but like <laughs> if you never, I've seen zero flaws with that guide. Yeah, exactly. But like, if you need to know how to get your spirits or why you can't summon, you know, your spectral wolves, like that's a problem on the game. And so the one thing that I would like to say is like, yeah, Luke's been lost. Uh, Kyle's been lost as well. Where he's just like, yeah, I don't know. I like, I'm like 10 hours in, I can't summon these wolves. I'm like, Oh, you have to wait at this certain time to get Rena to come to the temple. Or you need to go to the, the, you know, the, the round table um, to purchase them off of this weird lady with two faces. And he's just like, wow. Okay. I would have liked the game to tell me that. And it's like, there are some things where, from software's crypticness works in games like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or even Sekiro better because since they're more linear, you will stumble on them and you will feel like you've learned them. Where in Eldering, because it's an open world and you could go literally everywhere out of the gate, you are going to miss that. So, for example, uh, on my fourth class of Samurai, which is now my main class, um, I did something out of order that I didn't know I, I didn't know. And Rena never, never, you know, appeared at the temple. I was waiting for like a good 20 minutes. I'm like, why isn't she here? I had to Google it of like why she didn't appear. And it's because I did just one thing a little out of order. I'm like, really? Oh, that sucks. And I missed a, a big, you know, component of, of what would be my gameplay. That's not great. And I think we give them the pass too much on that because the pass is, ah, they're just cryptic. It's like, well, I understand that, but they can still give you that carrot on the stick without necessarily giving you the carrot on the stick. So, like, that is, to me, one of the big problems with Elden Ring out of the gate is, like, yeah, it it does a bad job at onboarding. And at the end of the day, I still love this game. I think it's great, and I do think it's one of From Software's best, but I do see us giving passes from From Software because they're like, eh, you're from... Go ahead, go make another challenging game. I like this. And, you know, kind of giving them the pass that way. I, I think I would like to give me one sec, Ains, if yeah. you don't mind. The other obtuse, there were other like little obtuse things that made it frustrating for new players like myself and and Kevin, uh, my best bud. Like we, we tried to play together and the game refuses to make that simple. You know, it's not like it's a hard process, but it's obtuse and it's obscure. Like you need fingers and certain types of you can only co-op in certain ways in certain areas with summons. And if you die, you get kicked back out. 
it could just, you, it should be as simple as join game, leave game. You know, like we've mastered this problem for 10 years now. It's even built into the Xbox dashboards, the PlayStation dashboard dashboards. So it surprised me like why there seems to be a reluctance on from side to introduce players to things a little bit more simply. Yeah. I think the the pass is given because people enjoy the no hand holding elements, but that seems strange for somebody that's like so into fingers like they are. That's not a joke. Like they're really into fingers. Like yeah. there should be a little bit of, Hey, you want to join game? Just click this. That why not? And no pause. Why no pause? If you're playing single player, little stuff like that seems odd. If I'm trying to take care of my dog and then I need to hit pause, like just little stuff. I'm not sure why it exists within the game. Yeah. I, I cut you off. No, no, no. I was just going to say I agreed with Joe and, and agree with you as well, Luke. I think I think there's a fine line there because you guys know me well enough to know that I am uh, I, I'm fully defensive of from I'm defensive of the no hand holding. I'm defensive of the way they design games. Um, but I completely agree that uh, one. When I when I wrote the guide, right, it was like once I had gotten through and I had realized how many critical items that play into your character build and the gameplay itself that you can just outright miss. Right. Even my son, like my son's playing upstairs. I went up to check on him after an hour. He's in the middle of the lakes and he hasn't even gone to the first church. I was like, what have you done? (laughs) Like (laughs) to to his wandering around and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He had like killed an NPC and I was like, he doesn't even have the crafting kit. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, I haven't crafted a single thing except for like one fire pot. That's it. It's the only so, thing I've crafted. Okay. So, all right. So let's touch on that point. First, I want to agree with you guys to say, yeah, they, I think they can do a better job of at least the critical items in the beginning of the game being more clear about where to go and what you, why you need them. Right. Like you don't need a quest log. You don't have to give waypoints, but you can at least say, Hey, yes, the fuck you do. No, you don't. Um, and, and you can say like, okay, <laughs> yes, you do. Now buy a crafting kit, you know, and now go here because that's where you're going to get the map fragment, whatever. You uh, can check that off on a log of some kind, like a journal, I know. a journal, yeah, a, journal. a journal. I know you guys are noobs. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Gatekeeping. <laughs> God forbid something be in this game that's been in games uh-huh. since like 2000. Just tell me what this one lady said. Their names are like, yeah, talk to Sajili in the quadrant form. And I'm like, what? Where? What? Who? Why? And I'm going to tell you this via riddle. She suffers from acute myopancreatitis. And I was like, God damn it. It's like, it's me a f- I, it's, this game's 80 hours long. Okay, I got <laughs> I got work after this. I'm supposed to like while I'm working. Go, oh wait, she she's in the swamp. <laughs> like <laughs> stupid. Uh, you could have a pen, or you could take a note. No, or- no. <laughs> you mean keep a fucking journal? In? <laughs> yeah, why not? Because we want a journal. Why not? Because I'm not in math class. I'm not in creative fucking writing. This is Miyazaki's job. (laughs) No, it's not. Yes. (laughs) No, it's not. See, look, you guys took us down a different path. I was actually agreeing with you. And now now you've gone down the full route, as you guys always do, of... You want the game to hand you everything. No, I don't. No, I don't. Yes, you do. 
You just so here, real talk. Essential items. Yes. Yeah. Luke, hold on, hold on. Back up. <laughs> Literally on your map, it has yeah. a fucking arrow pointing uh-huh. downwards, and you didn't sure. know where to go. Those arrows pointing everywhere, Ains. Yeah, they're going in. It's not like it's not like a golden path. It's like golden paths? Question mark. Where like I completed the the manor with like the 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 uh, the the chick on the horseback. Her name's like Loretta or whatever. And so like I fight Loretta Scott King there, defeat her, and then like it doesn't go away. Like there's just like those that path is is still there. So I was literally wandering around for forty minutes going. It's it's still pointing me in this direction, so there is. It was this actually the real boss? Is there like a a, a cavern? Like I got lost there. You so would. I'm at the map. You would I have two arrows down, one <laughs> one right, two left, and then like three kind of like maybe going up. You know. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it, it's you realize it's drawing a line, right? It, yes. it draws a path. So like one will lead to the next grace you're supposed to go to and then to the next grace you're supposed to. The reason it goes different directions is there's one path that's purely the demigod's critical path for the story. The other one will point to a critical uh, objective in that area. That's it. There's only then two maybe make there. them look different because they all look the goddamn same. <laughs> Again, like there, there are things we'll like color code them for you, sweetheart. Thank you, please, for the That'd love of great, God. I'm playing a video game. Exactly, I'm playing a goddamn game. The I don't need. Thing you said Joe is yeah. It's 80 hours long. I need more stuff in here. You don't have to finish this game by next week. There's no timeline on beating this game. I'm confused and lost half the time of playing this game, which well, goes to my biggest listening. thing. I'm not listening. It's not showing me shit. It's just like, here's arrows. Go everywhere. I'm like, okay, I guess. And and like, this is coming from a Souls fan where I'm like, yeah, you could be cryptic or whatnot. But I think in the open world game or the open world space, it does it a bit of a disservice because to me, whereas I know you hate this game, but I love it. Ghost of Tsushima, they give me the, the critical path, right? The world is vast. <laughs> he hates it. He hates everybody. He hates it. He hates the culture. He hates the colors. That's what he said. And but like while you're going to that path or maybe a side quest, wherever have you, there's a fox that'll like lead you to go, hey, look at me. You want to pet me? I'm like, yeah, little bud. I'll go over there and I'll go find like, I don't know, a bandit Same camp thing to find. find 30 times over. Yeah. Right. It, but and like in, in, in Elden Ring, it's just the same plane that's loading textures in. So like to me, I would love it where I'm like, I'm going on this path and something distracts me where in like Elden Ring, I just feel like I'm lost and I stumbled onto something. And don't get me wrong. I think the discoverability is great, but like half the time, like I honestly don't know where I'm, where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Again, you want something to come out and tell you where to go. That's literally what you just said. Yes. But without telling me where to go, like, (laughs) what are you talking? The Fox walks you to the direct object. Think about this. Think about this. I'm going, like I'm going to the main objective in, in Ghost of Tsushima. And then there's like a little bird. I'm like, oh, hey, little bird, what's up? And I get distracted by said little bird. No, I get distracted, get distracted by that it little fox. It carries you to the exact point. And then like I get a showdown with a couple of Mongols, which is fucking dope. I sit down and I just solve a goddamn haiku and I get a little headband. Yeah, the they give me a pat on the head. Yeah, they're brilliant. Just like how you just told me I should journal in a game that should just give me a goddamn journal. <laughs> Because it's going to be said, on the wiki page anyway. You, you know, said, I like God. discoverability, yet I want to be told where to get everything so I'm not distracted. 
I like the discoverability you aspect of like I stumbled you're not onto discovering something. Discovering anything when a character comes up to you and all says, right, "Walk right. here." Right. What are you discovering? Like you're yelling. You're I know because right I'm passionate about this. Because what to me, if something to, comes to you and it's says, this, go there. it's the sense of discovery. Like if I'm playing a game, if I'm playing a game, like again, I'll just use goes again, and I'm going on the main path but then there's something that distracts me and i find something there that's you're nice not finding a, it. you're being showed where it is sure whatever i don't give a shit if i'm wandering around and then all of a sudden i see a cloud of smoke in the air and i'm like what's that cloud of smoke and i go towards it and i that's, discover that's this mongol you said. camp you said a fox but like you do yeah sure like i get distracted by a fox i get distracted by little birdies i get distracted by this cloud of smoke and i want to investigate it like you know or like i'm going around the world and there's all of us all of a sudden like a fight between two factions that i gotta like clear up and choose which side wins like that's, that's awesome cool. yeah, to that's me cool. Yeah, whereas I feel like an Elden Ring, it's not like the biggest critique in the world either. Ain't <laughs> stand back and stand by on this one, old man. My my under my point with Elden Ring is I am just lost. Okay, I don't know, and and the frustration is I don't know where any of the main bosses are. Okay, I'm just lost and I'm stumbling onto things, and I'm like, is this the main boss that I'm doing? And as the the from software fan to me, I'm like, did I do this out of order? And now, now I'm gonna get a bad ending. Like by not meeting Rena in that temple, am I gonna get the bad ending? Am I gonna get the medium ending? I want the good ending. And that's that's the thing that I don't like about the Elden Ring open world is all I, all I'm doing is feeling lost. And yeah, discovering some really cool shit along the way. I just don't necessarily know where to go. I, and maybe I, that's so, the point of this game. Can I jump in before yeah, we yeah. tear each other apart? I think there there's a difference. I think when it comes to critical items and crit path, we deserve a little bit more guidance to help new players and to help players who are aiming for that experience. But you don't, because to your point, Ains, the world is so packed with things to discover. I don't think you lose a sense of discovery yeah. outside of that crit path. Like I do want to know where I'm supposed to go to, to learn how to level up. People are missing how to level up. For example, for example, I know you're going to hate this Ains, but like breath of the wild, there's a lot of discoverability in that world. They still tell you where each major thing is, right? Where you like, here's the endpoints. So like here's the temples where, where the whatever the dumb animals were, the four, but like yeah, the four, yeah, the four of them. Like you still w went, oh okay. So if I wanted to just beeline it, I go here, here, and here. But as you go to those things, you're stumbling upon things, and you're like, oh, this is great, this is nice. I I feel like I'm truly discovering something while it's really just a genius developer who is guiding my my hand that way. That's what I just want in Elden Ring. Just give me a little. I, I, I can see that point. Um, yeah, that's all I was, a little poop on the map. A poop. I don't yeah. think that's completely unfair. What I was going to say in response to that, and this is in all seriousness, only because uh, I realize it more than that now that I've played it, the opening part multiple times, and I realize that's not helping my case, of course. But what's what's kind of funny is, um, is that when you start the game and you, you come out of the cave, right, you talk to that person, 
they explain grace. They tell you where to go next yeah. and they put the grace marker on your map and the church is right in front of you. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you go to the church, but you're obscured by that boss, which is, I think throwing people off. I think that's why your son ended up where he did. He's probably trying to avoid that, that night. Yeah, you can. That- yeah, you can. But again, like the grace arrow, it tells you follow the path of grace. Right. And it's got the little mm-hmm. floating thing to show you mm-hmm. where to go. And then basically to your point about like, where do I go for say Stormvale Castle, right? Mm-hmm. It literally tells you from the church to go to the next point, which is right here at the gate. And then you meet Melina who gives you your horse torrent, right? And she literally says, you need to go to Stormvale Castle that direction. So it's it, all, all, my only point is, I agree with you guys. It, it can be obtuse. It uh, it doesn't have any markers. It could have critical path, you know, maybe some more stuff for critical path or whatever, which is what they tried to do with the grace arrows I was explaining. Mm-hmm. But it's not super clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, when you when you do go through it again and you 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 know you kind of really pay attention, um, it actually does say a lot more than I think people realize because I think I they're so caught up in trying to figure out what the hell is going on. They're not really paying attention to the intricate details. Sure. I think you are a hundred percent right. I'm sorry. Did I cut? I, I want to. I, I was just going to add one more thing, which is weird. I was looking this up while you, while you were talking, Joe, because I was I hadn't looked this up prior, but I was trying to get a perspective of: Are people really struggling so bad at the start of this game compared to other from games? Is the point we were making? So the interesting thing, and not that this is any kind of conclusive data, but on the Xbox app, it shows that 44 percent of people have beaten market. That's, oh wow. That's way higher than I would have thought. Whereas yeah. on Sekiro, which has been out for three and a half years, remember, actually almost four years. No, no, three years. Excuse me. It's been out for three years. Only 36% ever beat Oniwa, who's the first boss. Um, and so I don't think people are struggling as much with the kind of progression of this game as maybe letting on. I think because this game has sold so many millions of copies and there's so many new players. Um, I think there probably are a good percentage of people struggling, but I don't think mm. it's as prevalent as we maybe assume it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, That's a good point. Sure. And, and and I've I know exactly what you mean about like they're telling you without telling you a lot of subtleties. Uh, you see that in a lot of movies when you go back and watch a movie by by a, yes, a director exactly. that's very like particular about his or her Not Easter Snyder, eggs. But a good director. That's exactly yeah. who it is. Like Snyder, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, JJ Abram, like people like that that like to put little things in there. Um that they they do tell you, but the that's kind of <clears throat> accidentally supporting my point. They tell you without telling you that doesn't help new players, right? Okay. And, and and you're also not playing movies. Like you're not controlling what you have to do in the game. True. <laughs> I do have a question in the idea of being told to go to Stormvale. And, and to be clear, guys, we're really avoiding spoilers, and this is all very basic early stuff. Sure. Um, they would have left by now, though. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> going to the for, to the castle as a new player, someone who didn't understand, I kept bragging that I killed a monkey. Like I was really excited. I killed a monkey with a club. And you guys were like, "What are you talking about?" And it was just the tall boys. But to yeah. me, those tall boys oh, that yeah, just yeah. exist in the world. That was a boss. I thought that was the first boss that I really encountered. I was like, whoa. Like, it was nuts to me. As a new player, getting to Stormvale on its crit path, knowing what that path was, was almost impossible. That was what I was trying to do before the game went went public and we could get to guides where they could say, hey, no, equip stuff to your pouch. 
Never yeah. really told you how to do it. You know what I mean? No, do yeah. the set up your weapons this way. Talk about your stances, yeah. you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Trying to get through that crit path. I was getting mollywopped every which way. A point of yeah. grace felt like the biggest accomplishment. Taking down a standard knight in the world was the biggest thing. Now, 35 hours in, uh, when I die to one, I'm like, come on, Luke, get it together. But yeah. like, it's it's that that there was a natural barrier to taking the crit path for someone that's new because I wasn't taught how to handle them. There's an entire yeah. entire tutorial that I don't think I've ever played. Um, that is just missable. Yeah, missable. And it that is to missable. me, is, what <laughs> you're trying to but, teach people new it, things, but, it, but it's you're skipping but it's kindergarten. Hard it. It's hard. To it miss is it. hard to miss it. I, I do. I've done it by accident sometimes. <laughs> Literally. Um, the, the first guy you talk to says is pointing downwards and says, "Jump down there." Yeah, like, yeah. I, mean, it, I don't even remember it. I just yeah. The one oh, last critique. The one last critique is um. Praise with this game owes a lot of praise. Yeah, is uh switching to two hands sucks. What are you doing? L one R one triangle at the same exact time, but like just the oh. same exact like that is how many yet. time I've I've messed that up and I'm like. Y'all are usually better at this part. I'll job. be in the middle of a big boss fight. All of a sudden, I'm hitting him with my shield. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, gosh, shit, shit, shit. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. That said, I'll start with the praise. Combat-wise, this is the greatest From Software game just ever. Feels just good. ever. Um, nothing even comes close of how great every fight feels. And yes some like there's definitely some reused assets like the bears are definitely uh the guardian apes um but at the same exact time the variety in which you're fighting enemies sometimes feels like a greatest hits album but in other times feels just so just so good like the the combat in this game is just stellar yeah and i i don't want to keep saying this cuz it's annoying i realize but like um, when you're talking about like enemy design, I was having this conversation last night with Elu, who's now he's got to have 60, 70 hours into it. And he's starting to get a little later in the game and he's just raving about it because it just keeps opening up to different enemies you've never seen before. I mean, it's endless. And uh, like I, I went into this cave last night, I fought multiple bosses I hadn't seen before. And this giant thing came down off the ceiling and I was like, what in the hell is that? And, you know, it lifted me off the ground. I mean, there's just there's so many wild things in this game to discover. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. Um, so I want to ask you guys this uh, as we're kind of on the praise section. But, Joe, you have obviously more experience with these games, even though you're an F3. Um, so, you know, you now you have the fake from fan. Uh, uh, you got to live with it now. So right. It is. what it right. is. Uh, Luke is a new new from fan. It's what we'll say. He's the NFF. Um <clears throat> but what I want to ask you is look at a white person assigning class. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This oh. is a joke audience. Laugh and applaud. Laugh. No, 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 no. Oh, damn. What are you talking about? Go, continue. Can't say anything nowadays. Um, um, but what I want to ask you guys, right, is we talked about the lack of handholding. And I wanted to get back to that just to ask if now that you're really getting into it, right, and you have figured out the systems and you've started to make progress, right, 
do you feel that sense of accomplishment or reward from having done that? Or is it just more frustration for you that you had to overcome? That's a question. Is that for me? Yeah. No, it's yeah. mostly for you. I mean, it's a show too, but you're the newer one to kind of these games. So, can you ask I platted Sekiro. What are you talking about? It's for Actually, me. That, that's a pretty good accomplishment. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Can you reword? Ask me the question again. Yeah. So you're you're 35 hours in now. Yes. You were really frustrated at the beginning. We were chatting about that, right? Now you've yep. overcome that hump. You got the basics down. You've made progress into mm-hmm. the, the critical path, and you're moving through the game. Um, do you feel now like? hell yeah, I overcame and, you know, now I'm, now I'm kicking ass. Now I know what I'm doing. And you're, you're kind of amped up about it. Or are you more frustrated that, um, it, you know, you had to do that to start with. So or I was, both, or I was mixed. That's a great question. I was elated when I beat Margaret and I was elated when I beat, um, Margaret's <laughs> not the one at the storm, Stormvale. Margaret's the first boss in Stormvale. And then the demigod is Godric. Godric, Godric, okay. the grafted. So in in defeating Godric, I felt <laughs> elated. This was that was a really cool accomplishment. Um, but then I was absolutely lost at what to do. So that amazing feeling of beating Margit and beating, uh, getting through Stormvale, beating Godric, those were powerful moments. I was very excited to tell you guys in our chat. Um, and then I was lost as to what to do, and I went and fought uh, some other bosses around the world that I had discovered. Some of them being like great, great felled. Like when you fell them, I felt a great enemy, like the ancestral spirit or something yeah. else, um, which was a beautiful fight. Oh, what Wait, a you've beautiful already beat the ancestral spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't gone to the lakes properly. Yeah. Cor- yeah correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're you're all over. And what we have here is yeah. an example of not being guided. So I'm not sure. So. OK, we don't have to stay on this. But when you beat Godric, you get the grace point at him right in his boss area right correct yeah then the, the door opens the big yep. door that you walk out and there's correct. a grace point again yep when you get that grace point you can talk to melina again and she immediately tells you what to do next go north to there's an academy or something correct there's some crustaceans in the lake um <laughs> very confused is that and then i started getting like flip plopped around i love that word plopped trophy room reference um <laughs> it, it's it's confusing as to where to go. And I think I must have missed the map marker. Then I got all the way up north. And yeah. up north, I'm just getting slapped around by these finger hand things. Um, <laughs> which really, really, Miyazaki's got a serious fetish issue with fingers. This whole game is fingers and buttholes. Um, <laughs> that's every other message is... Try but finger, but hole. <laughs> Every message. That's not Miyazaki, you dumb so. dog. <laughs> Miyazaki's got fingers everywhere. Yeah. And now there's spider enemies that are just hands. Like, I go up to a giant statue to, to fix the Godric special weapon thing. It's a finger. Oh, I go down, down low to a small statue. It's a finger. It's like, what's your deal, dude? Is this your high school? Like, you, you, you did it once, and now you're like, I'm fingering. This is good. I don't get it. I don't like. Hey, I don't. My kids watch this. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. Come right. on, you pervert. Right. But I'm not. No, I'm saying this is just a weird thing in the game. Yeah, Everything's yeah. fingers, uh, and it's just odd. But there's always themes. There's themes. That's a oh. theme for it. Um, I guess. I guess the big thing is, uh, 
Ains, I've defeated a bunch of really cool enemies that I don't think I should have beaten. And I've gotten wrecked by like those little finger spider people. They just mm -hmm. crush me. And it's during the swarm process. So I feel really good when I'm fighting one on one. I mean, I've got seven flasks, eight flasks um, that I can, can go to. I've kind of toyed with my like sacred flask. Uh, no, my Windrick, Windrick flask. Wondrous. Um, yep. Okay. It's got a K in there, but like whatever. No, um, no, it's the, it's the wondrous flask of physic. Yeah, that's what. I, okay, that's where the that's where it is. Um, you know, like toying with that, and like there's stuff that's cool, but also there's times where it's like mm, I'm bored, and I would rather go back to Lingrave because it's a beautiful area. I'm not capable of of comfortably just wiping the floor with things and here's a funny thing as a new player only in the peninsula am i finding weapons that up my ability to to do better than my plus seven or plus six scimitar or whatever that i have only now am i finding weapons that are do usable comfortably for me uh that are better than my scimitar so it's like now, all right, now I can start getting better weapons. Maybe that's why I wasn't doing the damage. And I'm starting to understand the stats. 35 hours, I'm starting to understand the value of dexterity versus strength. Huh. You know, someone wrote a guide about that. And it wasn't out when I started the game. But I'm Ains, very excited. Ains, I'll be too. with you here. He's just a fucking idiot when it comes to this part. <laughs> it's just little stuff, right? And here's, here's the example I gave to you. So don't want to i'm not trying to interrupt you but you said little stuff i don't understand dexterity literally on the screen on your status screen of your character you hit the back button it says explanation it'll explain every single field about your character so that's a good that's a great starting point for me to make my next point <laughs> from games are so alien to me or, or from style games my best experiences came from lords of the fallen jedi fallen order and darksiders 3 which are the diet coke of of this genre right they're more, far more approachable, much easier, and everything else. So to play this game, I had to rewire my brain. I told you it's like I'm learning a new language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which means that very basic things, like one of the times I asked you a question, Ains, I could just sense the frustration. You're like, just fast travel out of there. And I'm <laughs> like, what? I thought I needed some finger hoop thing or a bobber to beat this and go through here. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so stuff like that where the explanation is there, that's on a screen that has lists of word abbreviations and numbers yes so my mind being exhausted from the, from the day and whatnot trying to learn this new thing dealing with with the pressure of a new entirely new genre yeah was seeing greek it was like it was blurring the letters like a, like a demonstration for someone who's not dyslexic when i see dyslexic demonstrations and it was blurring things for me in my mind and it was just fascinating. It was information overload. It was sensory overload. And, and I, that's why I was befuddled by it. I, I, I think that's where there can be a line with these games for some people. Um, not saying necessarily you, but like, see, everything you described right there for me is like a candy shop. Mm. Like, I absolutely adore it um, because it reminds me of hardcore old school rpgs that had like endless stats and endless things you had to figure out and once you figured them out you felt like the hero right and you started yeah. to progress and that's kind of what these games do for right or wrong i'm not saying it's right or wrong um it's just that these are far deeper games especially elden ring far deeper than i think people realize 
with the way you can customize builds and stats and weapons. And, and believe me, like the weapon and armor sets are endless. Uh, they get really, really nuts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think people are going to be creating different character builds in this game for years to come. Um, and to me, that's like heaven. But I know for other people, that's like a nightmare. It's like there's way too much shit to sort through. It needs to be more concise. It needs to be more direct. Um, and so I think it's just a difference in preference. Yeah. In some of those aspects anyway. So what I, about I, you? I've had this conversation every night. No, no, I'm I'm with Ains here. I yeah, when it comes to like the the stats and whatnot, yeah, it's that's what everybody loves about from software. Though for me, I'll always still do the cookie cutter thing because I'm just well, that's uh, why you like Bloodborne the best. Yeah, I do because to me it's like, oh, if I don't like this weapon, I could just change it. If I don't like this class, I wasted four hours. Yeah, Bloodborne's a lot more like a, a direct, and I'm not putting down Bloodborne. I adore Bloodborne. I just yeah. joke with you about it. Um, but from an RPG perspective, it's much lighter than the yeah. Souls games in Elden Ring. Yeah, much, much lighter. Yeah. So again, like I, I I love most of the things about Elden Ring. Those goddamn fingers, though. Hands. <laughs> no, uh-uh. Get that Adam's Family garbage out of here. It's freaky. It's freaky, and I won't allow it anymore. When I saw that, I was like, Oh man, I wish you just did spiders, dude. Like <laughs> this is um this is a little bit much, but no like like honestly I can't get over the the enemy designs are just out of this world. Um yeah. I, I really love it. The one the one next critique I will give is uh please for the love of God, dragons, please stop going out of bounds and then respawning. Just stop it. Yeah. The only good thing is, because I was worried the first time that happened to me, is that they don't regain, start over. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I panicked. I was like, there's no way I'm starting this battle over again. Luckily, their health is still down. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Also, when it comes to like the castle designs, when it when to me, uh, it, it's it's them at their best is when the level design's more linear. It's like, oh. But there's this cool little thing I just discovered that feels like it was hidden away, but it was purposely placed there. You know, like I'm thinking of of the castle portion where you're jumping on rooftops and you're, you you can feel like you're maybe cheating the system a little bit. And it's it's cool, but it's purposely placed there. It's awesome. Um, I, I truly think the level design itself is also just a feat of just design. I I I know I've spent a lot of time going. I have issues with this game because I don't think it is perfect. Um, but that this is going to go down as my top ten games of all time, maybe even top five. You know, which at this point, no more top tens, no more even top fives. This is S tier, A tier. You know, <laughs> it's too many amazing games every year. Yeah, I think. Go ahead, Luke. Well, I was going to say, it's a really good time to note that the reason I think we've spent so much time being critical is because there's so many things that we're taking for granted that are just stellar about this game. And mm-hmm. so it's easy to, and we've even critiqued others for doing this on previous episodes of Cast Co-op, uh, gone after the game for small things or what we've deemed to be small things comparing uh, compared to how great the game is. And so I would love to spend some time just heaping praise on some of the brilliant art that takes place in this game that has, you know, Railroad Martin's name on it, but is really just FromSoft doing their best work. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I've been, so I've been in a party uh, with like, you know, some of the guys, right? Jordan and Elu. And Jordan and Elu, I knew would be addicted to this game because they just have very similar thoughts about the exploration and stuff that I do. And we've kind of been talking about it every night. And um, all I can say, and I know I, I already said I don't want to say this constantly, but I'm, the thing that amazes me most, right, is the amount of praise this game is getting from people who are still in the first two areas, which is Limgrave and the Lakes. Um, because I know that can be like 40 hours of play, like we've talked about, right? So yeah. it, the game only came out, what, a week ago, right? As of today, as we're recording. Um, <clears throat> so I'm just overly excited to see people a few weeks from now, a month from now, whenever, when more and more people start to get to latter parts of the game, because I keep telling people you have not seen anything yet. Yeah. Um, it just gets better and better and better. And there's boss fights that are just absolutely phenomenal. Um, there's other areas that are just absolutely stunning. The vistas are way better than anything you've seen yet. Um, yeah. It's just it's it's wild to me how big and extensive this game is. Huh. I I think <laughs> I think we were all expecting Souls Three slash whatever with an open world element, and what we got was really like a a Witcher three size game in the Souls universe. And it's, yeah. it, it, it's not what I expected, but I, it's more than I could have ever, ever anticipated. And I can say comfortably now, after as many hours as I've played of it, um, I've been debating internally in my head about where this stands in my favorite games of all time. And we were talking about it last night, and I think it's comfortably in the top five. And it may, it may be one, two, or three for sure. It's just yeah. it's that good. And I don't see myself stopping playing it anytime soon. Fantastic! So I'm I'm really excited for you guys to keep going, and because I oh, yeah. I would I would love to revisit this conversation in the next episode, if uh, assuming you don't put it down, of course, to see yeah. where you guys are and if any of any of the things we've talked about evolve. Yeah, I'm in like the Khaled area and actually exploring it this time because when I entered it the first time going, I just got my <laughs> ass kicked by the skeletons, <laughs> and I'm like, man, there's way more scarier things in here. <laughs> going through it but like yeah no i I, i'll say with all the exploring i've done this game is uniquely beautiful like 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 it's not the graphical showcase that horizon is there's just something about this game's art style that is just drop dead gorgeous yeah it they they, i feel like they've mastered contrast in this game i don't know if that's Mm. the right word because i don't have an eye for certain types of of art or an ear for certain types of music, but the, the lighting of, of exiting a shadowy area and seeing the brilliant aired trees in the background or looking at the leaves or the resources you pick up and just little elements of lighting make me feel like I'm in a gorgeous painting mm-hmm. in the same way that playing, this will be a strange, uh, two strange, you know, comparisons, but Ori, 2d side scroller gave you this this feeling of being a part of the art yeah uh, which was really cool and then there's a game that i played on my vita long ago called muramasa really fun game uh it it just seemed to master this artistic style it's it doesn't match in genre by any means Ains, but it had a style and an art to it that just was really cool and it made you feel like you were in a special world and there are moments in this game where I will do something that I didn't mean to do or that I meant to do and I very rarely pull off, 
that feel as good to me as when the Leviathan axe returned to my hand as Kratos. And, and that is a special feeling as good to me as nailing in breath of the wild. When you uh, dodge and deflect and, and hit someone perfectly with a crit hit uh, feel as good to me as popping ahead in gears of war. Like those moments, those small moments in games that stand out as just feeling good. That to me is, is what Elden ring has given me in spades so far. Uh, it's also given me moments where I'm like, I don't know how I beat him or I don't know why this one worked and the other one didn't. For example, there's no simple assassination on characters. There are mm. ways to do it. I've seen people essentially sneak up and get one hit kills that look systematic, but I don't know how to do that. Maybe it's because I don't have the right weapon equipped or uh, there's like a a parry system where you block it if you hit r2 at the right time you'll do this grand hit i'm not reliably able to do that i think mm -hmm. i'm missing cues or i'm not seeing something or it's what timing. it's all time it's all about timing um the funny thing is as much as i love these games and play them i'm not some people are really good at parries and they'll build their entire character around parrying right i suck at them i, I never parry so my, I build my character around iframes, which is where you roll and you're invincible for a certain animation, right? Um, and, it, and it's still all about timing. It's just a different way to play. That's yeah. Um, which is weird why I beat Sekiro and why I love that game's pairing system so much. It's so weird to me. Because, yeah, like in this game, I'm like, oh, I'll do parrying. I'll, I'll do sword and shield. Nope. Two-hand samurai sword. Let's do this. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's different. But I think that's part of the depth is you can play this game as a mage, right? Or you can play it like it's it's a dark fantasy RPG. Um, and I think they do a really good job of moving the um, the souls, their kind of style of games into this broader, dark and uh, dark style fantasy RPG where you can play out the game as a sorcerer or you can play out the game as a bandit assassin. Or you can play out the game as a gigantic heavy dude with a giant shield and a big axe. And you can do all these things and be successful. It's really how you want to play. And that is not easy to pull off in a game of this size with combat that can be as, uh, you know, necessarily needing to be intuitive. So it's, yeah, it's it's just impressive. I The biggest thing I can say, though, about the world that impresses me is, and, and you guys already touched on, it's just the sense of discovery. Um one of the things I didn't understand, and we don't have to stay on this, but I'm just going to say it is Breath of the Wild was designed in a way similar where it was like, okay, I see something over there. Let me go see what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I love that where it really disappointed me. That game is that I never felt like I really found anything truly interesting or that really kind of changed the game for me. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, whereas like in this game, every hour, I'm finding something where I can now summon new spirits, which will change my combat style. Uh, by the way, I got the Stormbird yesterday. He is my new favorite. He is amazing. You, everyone should have him. Um, you'll find a new weapon, and it's like, okay, well, this will scale with this build, so maybe I should change my armor to do this, and then I can use this special unique ability. Um, or there's spells. There's just there's so much to it that you are constantly discovering and finding, and, and uh, the game continues to kind of evolve. Oh, yeah. um, that I think it's just, it's, it's, it's the most impressive I've ever seen it done, um, that I could think of. I was trying to think of like my favorite open world game designs of all time. And I usually go to Witcher three. We talk about that all the time. Some people go to breath of the wild. I think a game world, the world, uh, red dead two is 
phenomenal. Um, but I, I, the more I play this game and the more I kind of go through it and discover everything and realize what they were going for, um, it, I think this might be the greatest game world of all time. I really you do. Ex- you explained it perfectly. Breath of the Wild didn't have as many interesting things. Not I at all. I agree with you. 100% Not agree all. with you. When you when you found something, though, that was like an homage to Skyward Sword or something like that, those were really cool moments. But there weren't enough of them for what you're which, what what we're now given five years later in a game like uh, Elden Ring. I think Elden Ring learned, and, and several other games, have learned lessons from Breath of the Wild. They nailed the promise of what was once Skyrim. Like, you see it, you yeah. can go to it. You know? And as Breath of the Wild learned from games like Skyrim, now we're seeing games come out that from quality AAA developers that <clears> learn <throat> from Breath of the Wild. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see if Breath of the Wild 2 is able to evolve or if it's more of the same. My hunch is that it's more of the same. Me too. Uh, but Elden Ring does it so much better. No it doubt does. about it. Yeah. But, you know, in its time, that's why you always get the Breath of the Wild comparison things. We talked about that on a few episodes ago. In its time, Breath of the Wild was special. So, from a, yeah, from a world kind of look, you know, the way they designed the, the art style and the direction, I've always kind of gotten that. But I think, remember like 10 minutes ago, I said what I really love about this game is uh, how deep and complex it is. The stats, the, the items, the builds, all this stuff, right? One thing that, again, personally, and we keep going back to Breath of the Wild, but Breath of the Wild, we talk about, okay, you don't really find anything interesting that often. When you do, it's special. Okay, it, it's a nostalgia thing or whatever, but it's like, all right, I got this new sword, which may or may not break. It'll probably break, right? It's not the master sword. Um, but it's like, okay, now I have a new sword and I do a little more damage. Or, I, oh, good, I found another heart. It's like, it is such a, this is going to be really insulting, but it is such a my first RPG. Uh, yeah. It, just a child's version of sure. an rpg it just is there's nothing depth wise to that game um in terms of how you build a character how you progress to the game you know anything like that and that's i think that's what's always driven me crazy about that game it's like you've got a you've got an open world where people are like yeah you can go see it and you can explore different ways and it's like sure but why what is that mm. going to do for me? it doesn't mm. change anything so yeah. that's where i really struggle with that game no, I, you fucking nailed how I feel. That said, you want guys want to be depressed for the final like uh, twenty some odd minutes of the show? Are we talking about Gran Turismo? No, we're going to talk about um, you know why the news has been so slow and stuff. Oh, okay. I don't want to yeah. miss Gran Turismo. If we, if we want to I end mean, we depressed. Could, yeah, yeah, end depressed with Gran Turismo Seven. All right. So um, uh, a week ago. Uh, the autocrat named Putin decided that he wanted to just do hundreds of war crimes in a span of a few days and invade a sovereign nation. Now the world is in an uproar. We're all pretty scared right now. Uh, we're all kind of trying to distract ourselves from the reality that 40 some odd million people are going to be displaced out of their homes and are fighting for their lives. And even Western democracy that's at stake. There's been countless sanctions on Russia. Their economy is going to be probably abysmal by the time they decide to open up uh, shop back again. Someone is talking when they shouldn't be, uh, which has been a common occurrence in this house. It's like they don't even, you know, 
That being well, he, said, you think uh, Putin's upset about Framasov's onboarding. Well, I think he is, and just I asking. think it's a question. You can't get it's mad a question. At it. It's just a question. The the cool thing that we've seen out of all this is kind of the world banding together against a dickhead and just saying, "No, st- stop it, knock it off." Um, Stop it. Stop it. Knock it off. And we're going to crush your economy and your people are going to uprise. And you're going to take a bullet in the head eventually. But whatever. We'll get there in a few months. Uh, so <laughs> a lot of a companies right now. Yeah, I'm I know. I, I, I'm just there's a lot of anger. Right, uh, right. Express yourself, buddy. Feel your feelings. Thanks. Thanks. So a lot of uh, game companies around the world, CD Projekt Red, Bloober Team, uh, Stalker, who's has delayed their development indefinitely because they are a Ukrainian studio and they are fighting for their homeland uh, and fighting for their lives Um, all the way down to Pokemon. Pokemon has made, yeah, uh, made sizable donations and has addressed this as well, pulling their products off of Russian stores. We're seeing Warner, uh, Warner Brothers, Paramount, all the movie companies start pulling things out of that country. Um, it's a really depressing time, a really scary one. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people going, yeah, news is pretty, pretty slow this week. And the reason is, is because a lot of PR folks feel like this is not the time to be celebrating anything right now. Yeah. It's instead to be steadfast and focused at the mission at hand, which is a cripple autocrat. And um, so when we're complaining about, oh, why is the news so slow? It is st- strictly because, you know, being in the inside now, mm-hmm. we're all even saying this is not the time. We all have loved ones that are there or on the border of and just trying to get through it. So I don't know if there's anything you guys want to touch on here there was a really awesome hoag uh hoag law video about his thoughts on what is so many video game companies backing out of the russian markets so i don't know i'll start with you luke well yeah so i think it's worth a question uh is that the right response to to shut down your news cycles and to not allow people the escapism into games i've heard that that posted around i really i listened to uh you turned me on to skill up, Joe. Um, yeah. I really enjoy his weekly kind of. I, I've been missing a good like a wrap up show every week. You know, a quick like twenty minute. This is one person telling you the news as they see it, kind of thing, uh, with high production value. And skill up does that. There's someone named Legacy Killer that does that. Um, I used to go to kind of funny games daily. I don't anymore. You know, just just people that give me the news. And I was listening to Skill Up talk, uh, and he said, "I know some of you come to your." your timelines for escapism. And I respect and understand that I'm afraid I don't subscribe to that. And he went on to comment on exactly what we're commenting on now. And so I was curious if you all had any like feelings or thoughts about going to video games for escapism. Uh, And you, with, with respect to turmoil, Ukraine and Russia is the latest. (laughs) Hi, Miriam. No, she gets to hear this. Yes, exactly what I guess. Yes, I love yes. you. Yes, <laughs> and they're all saying they love you. That's right. Tell her I think she's. I know. Tell her I love her. I miss her. Ask her if she got that five dollars. She had table. that one cameo, and now she's like, she now wants she just wants in. She just wants in on the show. 
Question about this. For Real Husband talk. Mondo, is he is he still around? Are we still? Yeah, around? he's still around. Real talk. I mean, like I, I was, I I've been telling her every day. You have to because I, I work from home and I do a lot of meetings. I'm like, you just got to treat me like I'm not here, and you got to not talk like to me. So you're she telling does the not understand. Not mm-hmm. She does not understand that concept at all. She's like, oh yeah, 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 and then she just like. During a meeting, I don't know what she needed like help with. I'm like, you can't, you, you, if this is not time and a place. And like, it's the funny thing. I told her like literally two minutes before she starts yelling. I'm like, I'm gonna put this woman in the home. When you when you tell her these things, are you wearing shorts? Because you can't tell her you're going to work if you're wearing shorts. I mean, I'm wearing sweats. Yeah, that's why it's not working. You got to put on some khakis and be like, all right, mom, I'm in a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I got this polo on, but it's business up top, top party down below. That's fair. Right, right. Okay, so to to go back to my to my question is, uh, do you think there's a place for that to to be of the mind amidst you know the last four or five years of Black Lives Matter of mm-hmm. a, a, an election that was tumultuous in the United States that, that had world implications of a pandemic that has caused ramifications throughout? Is it appropriate to say, hey, I want my timeline to be just video games and sports? get that mess off of my timeline. Where do you stand on that? I have my own thoughts. I'm asking the question for the sake of the, the sure. responses. So if you would feel that before I talk. Uh, well, like I think of it as a creator, you have a podium and the more you use that podium, uh, the, the, the less, the less powerful your voice is. So if you're always upset about something around the world or an injustice that you believe is being brought upon folks, um, and that's all you you talk about. You're gonna find an audience for that, but it ain't games. Because I think at the end of the day, people do want that escape from the real world. But the way I view it is, we do have this podium, and I want to talk mostly about PlayStation when I do it. But I'm also understanding that I have a lot of privilege, and I feel like with this podium, I can use it to do some good. So though I'm not always like, you know, banging on my podium, telling you what to think or what to, to do, there are times where it's more like, Hey, we're all in this and you're not alone. Cause there's a lot of people, myself included, you know, um, who are legitimately scared because like, as of right now, there is a fire in a new year, a nuclear power plant. One of the biggest in Europe. That's a scary image. And what are we to do? And so it is just the, hey, you're not alone. We know this sucks. We're here for each other. That's what's going to get us through. Uh, so that's why it's important to me to speak when when it's the right time to speak. I feel like if you're just never talking about anything, you're only about games, you have your full right to. But I do think you do a disservice to the fans that need to hear it. Uh, what do you think, man? Yeah, I'm 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 pretty similar to Joe. I think um, I struggle with this one. I'll be honest with you because there are well, well. First, I'll say that I love seeing the gaming community, and when I say gaming community, I mean the PR reps and the developers and the publishers and kind of the gaming as a whole. The gaming industry, I guess, is better word. Come together for something like this that's impacting the world, right? And, yeah. and have this kind of solidarity. Um, with the people of, of uh, Ukraine and, you know, what that means. Um, 
where I where I struggle with this because it's this isn't the first time we've had this conversation. It won't be the last. Is uh, what is that line? Um, and what I mean by that is obviously it goes without saying everything Joe just said about the the issue with Russia and the Ukraine. And it's not the first time it's happened. It probably won't be the last. And it is a very serious issue. And I think that, uh, you know, people who are paying attention understand the ramifications of such things. Um, what I mean by what is the line is like, um, I don't always agree putting Ukraine aside. I don't always agree uh, on what we may uh, collectively have outrage for on this day of the week. Um, this is yeah. an obvious one. I'm, again, not referring to uh, this is universal, right? We can agree what's happening. Um, and that's the same for Black Lives Matter. The other stuff you mentioned, everyone deal with the pandemic, all that stuff. What I mean is, um, is like, uh, I'll, I'll use uh, Palestine as an example. Um, and funny enough, I talked to Mo quite a bit about this. It's like there are atrocities being committed day in, day out, right now, against the people of Palestine. That hasn't stopped. It hasn't changed. We had that moment a few months ago where everyone's, yay, Palestine. And then you don't hear about it anymore. Um, nothing's changed. They're yep. still being brutalized and murdered. And, you know, that's occurring day in, day out. And that's taken from the homes. Yeah. And that's not the only situation in the world where that's occurring. Um, so the only reason I bring that up is to say, if we wanted to, of course, we could use our, our platforms, even as small as they are for the three of us, to speak about these things every time we talk, because there's always something going on like this. And I think that it can be important for us to speak up. But at the same time, one, we are certainly not experts on these things. I don't claim to be. I, I, sure. I don't know the ins and outs of these things, and I don't want to act like I do. Uh, obviously, again, with the situation we're talking about here with Ukraine, there you don't need to be an expert, right? There's a yeah. there's a very obvious thing occurring here. Yeah. But um, at the same time, I think there is a place uh, for content creators like us to offer escapism. I, I've had some good conversations on escapism with um, like Dr. Rachel Cowart, who I had on the show, fantastic mm -hmm. uh, content creator, um, around what that means for people and what it does for people. And it using your platform to say, look, we're not a, we're not naive to what's going on in the world, uh, at, at least to a degree. I mean, we're all naive to a degree, but we're not naive of what's going on with Russia and Ukraine or Palestine or any of the other numerous places where atrocities are happening literally as we speak. Um, but we also understand that our minor little platform here where we joke about games and stuff is a comforting thing for people. It's, it's somewhere they go where whatever is going on, not just in the world, but in their personal lives, uh, they could be going through a divorce. They could be unhealthy. They could have cancer. They could have had a loved one die. There's all this stuff that we as human beings deal with on a day-to-day, week-to-week, year-to-year basis. Um, I go, I know that personally, I have a few content creators that I go to um, when I'm struggling with something. Um, and they've helped me get through numerous things in my life over the past several years. And there are times where if I go to a content creator and I'm, I'm something terrible's happened or I'm dealing with something and then they're talking about something serious and not depressing, but serious, it can be like, I get it. I understand. I'm with you, but this is not what I'm here for. You know, it's, it's just, you're not the person I go to for that. If I want to be, if I want to be, um, uh, involved in a more intimate way with a serious political issue or world issue, 
there are better outlets for me to go to than a gaming content creator. So that's, again, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> we got one. <laughs> but you see the what I'm saying about the line. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. think it's a fine line of we absolutely should recognize and call out and use our platforms to raise awareness for things that we feel um, we feel um, sorry, I'm rambling. The, passionate you know, about. Yeah. Passionate passionate. About. Thank, you. Yeah. Thank you. And that are important to people mm -hmm. and the world and everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think there's also a line there of, of uh, you know, the other aspects I spoke of. Yeah. And you're right. There's a lot to unpack here. And a lot of us like <laughs> myself get in our feels, right? Yeah. Um, and to me, it's, it's, it really just comes down to like, yeah, I am not the expert on this. Uh, fuck, I'm American for Christ's sakes. We're not the angels in most of the history books. Like we do some shit, you know, just look up what we did to the Philippines. So like, to me, it's just, it is just acknowledging that there is a moment that is happening, right? Like, you know, even when, when the Palestinian, um, I mean, it's still happening, um, in, in Israel, in, in Palestine, um, you know, just acknowledging that, Hey, you're not alone. Just the acknowledgement of that. So that someone's going through it right now, uh, whether they have family or there, um, just knows that there's someone in their corner is very important. And to me, it's, you know, uh, I, you know, I come from a family that we talk a lot about the family members that didn't make it because of Franco. Right. And I don't know what you mean by Franco. Can you uh he was he was a dictator in Spain until the eighties. So like okay. our family has always been about, you know, kind of reliving the scars and just seeing that there's millions of families that are going through that right now is just awful and that's why it, it always is like i have the briefest knowledge of of russian history and 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 whatnot but i'm just here for you and to see so many companies even just go more and beyond you know when people are like well what happens if you take an xbox away from a, a russian person you know are you punishing putin or are you punishing the country and the the bottom line is you're doing both and it's about going, oh, I I can't play my Xbox. I can't buy Elden Ring. I why why is, you know, a loaf of bread 18 bucks all of a sudden? And then turning to the guy that's supposed to be in charge and saying, What the hell are you doing over there, bud? Mm -hmm. And that's what is supposed to be happening right now with those sanctions. And so, you know, to me it really just comes down to understanding and leveling with folks and i really do like what the gaming industry is doing so far and outside as well even seeing like exxon back out of deals going man I'm, I'm good um is is a moment and i and i think that's what this is at the end of the day um it's a literal world moment so that said I, know. I didn't expect to talk about that tonight, but hey, good topic. Uh, there you go. It's fascinating. Um, and, and I want to briefly note that it's fascinating to watch the companies choose how they react. EA yep. is removing Russians from FIFA and from uh, NHL, NHL to yep. impactful and relevant games in those markets. And the microtransactions and the monies generated that and the monies that transfer through those markets 
will be felt over time in conjunction with so many of the other uh, economic sanctions that are going through. And so that's fascinating to me to see the gaming industry have an impact. Uh, over the last six years, I've seen a lot of social movements be impacted by the by the gaming industry in terms of fundraising. Extra Life has exploded. Uh, responses to social injustices during uh, Black Lives Matter and some of the, some of the political elements of, of the United States. And it's interesting to me to watch our gaming community handle and react to certain things throughout the world. I don't always agree with the reaction. Sometimes I feel like they skew so far in the attempt to make things right. It's like overcorrecting when you veer off the road. Yeah. I see that happen a lot. And we often and people will go after those that are trying to make a difference or maybe not necessarily the villain, uh, but those who made a verbal or, or whatnot mistake. But it is interesting to watch the communities that we are a part of handle crises and how people use their platforms. And to, to Ains's point, there are times I've turned off many people who are doing great things with their platforms, but I'm not there for it in that moment because I don't have it in me to be there for it. And that is a pressure that I think we sometimes put on our, on each other to someone else is suffering. Therefore I must suffer as well. And that's not necessarily one-to-one -one. someone else is suffering and you should exercise empathy and compassion and care and, and help if you're able to provide, but that doesn't mean you always need to be in the pit, the worst of it. And I think some of us yeah. in our own community suffer that and go through that themselves. And, and so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. And um, because the listeners, we often are a comedic show uh, feel <laughs> and we went serious. If you yeah. stayed with us through this, let us know really and truly how you respond to that. When you see your content creators of choice comment on real world issues that do impact our medium but maybe you're not there for it in the moment, or maybe you are, and you think it's our responsibility to do stuff. That's a good question, I think, I'd like to see comments on that. Yeah. 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 It's just interesting. You know, it's not a judgment call uh, on from one to another. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, can, if I may change the topic. Yeah, sure. Gran Turismo, Shadow Warrior 3, <laughs> ELX 2. That's a, I um, mean, how, how else are we going to segue it? Racing uh, away from that topic. Uh, Gran Turismo, LX2, and Shadow Warrior 3 are all leading the charge into March after what is just a, a super intense February in the game games world. Um, I know that I have not caught my breath. I have had Shadow Warrior 3. Uh, <laughs> bless the person that gave me that code because I'm, I'm going to get to it. But Elden Ring hasn't been able to be put down yet, and I want to make sure I give ample time before XEP. So we'll, we'll see how, if it happens on this episode or next. Shadow Warrior 3 I'm really excited about. Because I yeah. like Shadow Warriors 1 and 2. I like that Doom palette cleansing game where it's like, I don't need something serious. I want something dumb and silly and fun. I'm curious if that delivers. Elix 2 is a game that I wouldn't have expected to exist because Elix didn't necessarily like the world on fire. But a lot of people really do like that game. It's like one of those beloved double A's. Yeah. Think like Dying Light. You know, like Dying Light, great game. But it wasn't massive, you know. Right. Uh, and, and I'm just... It's interesting because of the three that I've listed, Gran Turismo is the biggest of them. And I mm -hmm. even, I mean, I follow plenty of PlayStation circles. My timeline's pretty quiet about Gran Turismo. Is, is that the case? Am I in a vacuum that maybe I, I don't follow the right people? Right. It feels to me like there's a different energy with Gran Turismo than Forza Horizon 5. And I think it's because one's arcade, one's sim. But I would mm -hmm. love to hear you guys. Uh, thoughts on this and Ains when you discuss your part discuss as a, as a website that generates traffic 
and and Joe as a PlayStation content creator. Those are the sure. two angles I'd like to hear from you guys. All right, uh, I'll go first because there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, <laughs> as a pl- <laughs> yeah, it's mine now. Um, no, there's there's chatter on it for sure. It it is being overshadowed by Elden Ring. I'll tell you that, and Horizon as well. Um, but it's also just something that is. And, and, and I would say, like, if you put Forza in this against each other, I think Forza way more popular. But to me, it's just a, such a different game that is going to sell really big with people that aren't traditional gamers that we know. Right. I know a lot of people that are excited for this game that are have it pre-ordered. I have it pre-ordered after the conversation that I had uh, on the trophy room this week. And there's excitement for it. It's just with everything happening, last topic and Elden Ring, um, there's just not even to me the the fervor that let's just say there would be for a Forza. But I do think this game is going to sell gangbusters. Agreed. Yeah, it's it seems to be a combination of things. Is uh, what you just said, Joe? Is Elden Ring has dominated the the news cycle in gaming right now. Um, then combined with what's going on in the world, and we just talked about that, and Gran Turismo being the series that is less accessible, uh, you know, for just general play. Right? It's a uh, it's the racing simulator, um, and it's uh, a dedicated group that plays that game. But that dedicated group that plays Gran Turismo is large. And Gran Turismo holds a very special place in the hearts of people like myself who grew up racing and in cars and all that. Yeah, I think I've said before that Gran Turismo 1 and 2 were like revolutionary experiences for people like me. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, many of us are looking forward to 7 as hopefully being a return to form because Gran Turismo hasn't been the best for years. Um, so I'm really, you know, excited about this entry. But it does come at a weird time. It comes... To Joe's point, it comes, you know, a week and two weeks after two of the biggest games of the year. So that's that's a tough follow-up to begin with. It is a platform exclusive, so obviously all the Xbox communities and people that we follow aren't talking about it. Um, and I just think it makes it a little more um, siloed would probably be the word I would use. But I completely agree with Joe that this game will sell a lot more than people think it's going to. Do you think the conversation has impacted by Gran Turismo Sports kind of lukewarm reception. It was like, it got in the sevens, which mm. to me is great. I swim in sevens. Uh, but <laughs> I wonder if it's not a, a Guardians of the Galaxy to Marvel's Avengers comparison. Like, did Gran Turismo Sport damage the the pre-hype for Gran Turismo 7? or And we're going to get corrected as we did kind of with Guardians? Um, so it... Polyphony Digital has... In my opinion, they've kind of screwed up how they've handled Gran Turismo for a long time. Um, and Sport was kind of a letdown because Sport was supposed to be a return for the series, right? They kind of pushed it out the door on the PS4, and it was a bare-bones experience. The physics engine was solid, but the experience itself was bare-bones. And it's mm-hmm. evolved greatly over the past few years into what the car guys I talk to now say it's fantastic. And that's, I think many of us are hoping seven is the finally the culmination of all these things coming together. So if you saw the reviews of Gran Turismo eight is sitting at or seven, excuse me, is sitting at like a high eighties Metacritic, right? If I'm not mistaken, I believe it's 88. 88. I mean, it's, it's reviewed as good as horizon, right? Um, 
So I, again, I think this is just one of those things where the people that we interact with on a daily basis, the communities we know, especially like obviously the Xbox crowd, like none of those people are going to talk about this game. Yeah. But the, the community for Gran Turismo, especially in Europe and Japan, is huge. Yeah, um, and uh, I think that's the other thing is it's not as big in the U.S. It's got a huge, huge following in those other countries. Yeah, and I would say when it comes to Forza as well, it did have that Game Pass effect where everybody got to play it a little bit, and then it dropped off the face of the earth. Not in terms of people playing it because it's there's still a lot of people playing it. It's the car folks that are playing it, those enthusiasts that are playing it. Um, not so much me that dropped off fairly quickly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm. Um, I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to do a review of Gran Turismo 7 because we're in that weird place with pay, PlayStation PR <laughs> where, uh, you know, I'm getting the game tomorrow. So, uh, it, the review may be too late, but what I do, at I'm least you're do, getting it ain't. No, I'm buying it. Oh, oh we, okay. we didn't, we didn't, we didn't get a copy. Yeah. Um, yeah. but my point being is that, you know, if only we were fucking Canadian, man, <laughs> you know how easy you guys have it. You know how yeah. easy it is. Yeah. If it's, I, if, it's literally it's a joke and it's borderline and you know offensive. Insulting at this point, yeah, it really um, is. But these these games are big and there's a lot that goes into them, and I really want to look at it from like a a, a real a simulation standpoint, and so that's going to take some time. So I think I'm going to do like a uh, just like a perspective article on it in a couple weeks time. Yeah, from a from a car guy perspective. That's cool. I saw you drive your BMW. You saw me drive my BMW? Yeah, like on, on the Twitter, you, you posted a picture of it. Oh, yeah, I did that mostly. Just Taking, to, is that your day? Yeah, is, yeah, is that your like day car? Is that like your weekend car? What is it? Um, Are we really getting into this? Yeah, I want to uh, know. I want to know the life of Ains. That's, yeah, uh, that's yeah. Oh, I have I have two M3s. Um, <laughs> I I... I, ran I got a, a student loan. Uh, <laughs> I, I admined a, uh, an M3 form for a long time. Mm. Um, so I, I've had four. I've sold two of them. I have two of them. Um, but we, we use my wife's car as kind of our daily driver because it's an SUV. My cars are kind of more casual. Yeah. I got casual. a Prius to take it to work. Sometimes I ride my bike to work. Yeah. Um, I wish I could ride my well, I don't have to go to work now. I walk downstairs, but I wish I could have ridden my bike to work. I got a I got a, a Toyota Corolla. My brother's <laughs> been using it more though, because he has a, a Saturn Astra. I'm sorry. So, oh I know. He he <laughs> it's a funny story with that. He chose he 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 had a Scion before. Yeah. And he traded it up for a He traded Saturn. a Scion for they don't they haven't made saturns in years what year i know it? i know dude this is like right when they were about to go it was like oh, on okay. fire sale i forget i forget what happened with it my brother had the scion and then my mother i think it was it was a bit of the self-respect but there was something with the cars and my father was just like hey you can what have this astra <laughs> and then for somehow i got the it's a long it's a, a very weird I think no it's when I got. Uh, no, I know. I'm, I'm just. Really it. I was oh, should I just end the show? Uh, one last thing on Grand Turismo. Because <laughs> okay. I was going to say, you know. <laughs> is that uh, one thing they have done to your point, Luke, asking about who's kind of, if GT Sport heard it, what have you, what have you. 
the things that people loved about Gran Turismo, besides the obvious of the cars and the, the simulation racing, uh, it seems that seven are bringing back. So there's more, uh, the license tests are all in this. The classic tracks that were in previous ones have been updated. Um, so there's several tracks that like are famous from Gran Turismo that are all in this game. So there's there's a lot of other uh, features in this game that Sport didn't have. So I, I I absolutely am confident this will blow Sport away in terms of reception. Yeah. Nice. Good. 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 Now can I keep keep casting that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Insipid Ghost. You can follow my podcast, the Xbox Expansion Pass, on all your podcast services. Doing a couple giveaways right now. Hey, Babylon's Fall came out. We didn't talk about that. Whatever. <laughs> um, Wait, let's just for a quick second. Yeah. We ha- no, you know what? You sign off. This will be my sign off. Go for it, please. <laughs> no, that's it, man. You're up. Go for it. Uh, we in- have in- to <laughs> stop putting platinum on a pedestal thank that they, they don't deserve not that great thank you you had a, a a knockout hit with near automatopoeia and that was it <laughs> that right was one and then like bayonetta one was a, a, a cult hit at its time bayonetta, it was great yeah bayonetta 2 was more bayonetta they haven't made the third one. i know i don't i still don't think the third one's coming out but everything else is just mid to like crap and just the yeah. way that the their creative director handles himself on social media to any westerner is just off off-putting and yeah the way that they've treated their partnerships with microsoft when it comes to Scalebound, like i i don't know how they've made it this far because they are just they just scream unprofessional yeah i, I agree I, 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 yeah. yeah team ninja was the better think. action game creator i'll say it yeah, First team ninja. Done, done. And I knew Ninja's that game was gonna flop it. when, when the the social media person came up to me. They're like, "Hey, would you like a copy of the game?" I was like, "Sure." And they're like, "It's through Rainmaker GG," and I'm like, "Don't want it that bad." <laughs> <laughs> Rainmaker sucks. <laughs> I, I, I think it. it's funny that they released a mediocre game that looks like a from game. While Elden Ring is out, <laughs> like, because you you couldn't have attempted to fail any more than that. That's yep. like planning to fail. I, I yep. don't know what the plan was with this game. I don't understand it. Anyone could see that was going to flop. Why would you go directly up against From Software with their biggest game yet and say, "Look, we have an action RPG with knights and stuff"? Who would ever do that in the right On, mind? And be exclusive. You're on less platforms. Yeah, why so, would PlayStation pay for that? <laughs> them and Square Enix are weird, though. They're they, yeah. they are, but uh, I mean, to the counterpoint, Crossfire X just came out. True, you know, <laughs> you know we all get our duds. Those who didn't see uh, Babylon's Fall has peaked at less than six hundred and fifty concurrent players on Steam. What, what's the what's the you know? Just for I, I'm opening up Open Critic. Uh, oh. I think it's in the sixes, isn't it? I thought I saw that. But anyway, you can find me yeah. while you're looking at up, Joe. You can find uh, Season Gaming, as always, obviously. You can find me at Porsche Power on Twitter. And if you are playing Elden Ring, yes, we've said it 10 times. I did write a beginner's guide for it. So it covers the key items you don't want to miss at the game, where to find them. It covers things like Luke talked about with like uh, carry load, weapon scaling, mm-hmm. attribute scaling. Uh, all those things that are hard to understand for new players, it's all in there. So check it out. Uh, response has been fantastic. People are asking me to do more. 
Uh, and I also have been streaming a playthrough um, from the very beginning and answering questions during the stream and uh, giving you lots of insight to NPC quests and all kinds of other stuff in the game. So uh, I'm doing that like every other night right now as we work our way through the game. So check that out too. And if people are asking you to do more, I'd like you to do less. <laughs> it doesn't have any reviews right now. Uh, it looks like if I were to guess, they just sent out keys for that game. So. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was something that was like 60s, 62. They tried to send it, but Rainmaker went down. Exactly. That's never happened. Anyway, you can find me over at Mr. Badbit. You can find the Trophy Room at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. You can find this week's episode of the Trophy Room on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube. And uh, I forgot how to um, how to how to end the show. So uh, keep uh, keep keep uh, keep keep casting that co-op. Bitch. <laughs>